Hello, and welcome to our Top of Mind podcast. In this program, we will sit down with the higher education technology thought leader and discuss the innovative projects they are working on now and into the future. I'm your host, Caitlin Ilkami, Vice President of Client Services and Cybersecurity Research at the Tambellini Group. I'm joined today by Samantha Earp, the Vice President for Information Technology and Chief Information Officer at Smith College. Over the next few minutes, we are going to hear how Samantha is collaborating in a changing IT environment. Let's get started. Welcome to the program, Samantha. Thank you, it's great to be with you. We're so glad you could join us today. To start, I'd like to hear what collaboration means for you? That's one of my favorite questions, and I'd be delighted to talk about that because I think collaboration is really at the heart of what all of us are doing, not only in leadership roles in IT, but across um, IT as we understand it in higher ed institutions. So for starters, it, it definitely is about listening, but beyond that, it's about taking an institutional perspective, figuring out what really needs to happen to support the institution's missions and goals and objectives, both at the strategic plan level and down to the operating goals of the different units across the college. And then essential to that collaboration also is having a shared framework for how you make decisions, how you prioritize the work that needs to get done, and how you go about resolving any potential issues or conflicts that come up along the way. I'd love to hear some recent examples for you of change in your IT environment that have led you to more collaboration. Absolutely. And to give you kind of a starting context, we are in the early stages of a multi-year plan to transform the overall IT environment here at Smith College. And so the examples that I'm giving you are either part of a specific transformation initiative for IT, or they might be something that we're doing just to continually maintain and improve the IT services that are used by our colleagues and our faculty and our students and our alumni across the college. The first example I could give you is a giant one, and it's our move from Lucian Banner to Workday. And we are adopting the full Workday product suite, starting with HR and payroll, which we rolled out on March 31st this spring. Moving on to financials, which will go live beginning in July of this year. And then looking into 2020 and early 2021, the Workday student. And so that is a massive project with not only a lot of complexity, but a lot of strategic thinking that we are doing in partnership across the college about what the best way is to do our work and how we can marry that to the functionality in the Workday software. As an example of something that isn't a strategic initiative but is equally important to how we do our work every day at the college and protect the security of our assets and our information, we've also recently completed the rollout of Duo two-factor authentication, which is now in use by all members of the Smith community for access to any Smith tools and websites and content. Quite a few projects you've been working on. Those are definitely big examples. 
as your technologies have been shifting and your processes changing, how has this impacted how you collaborate? It definitely has impacted how we collaborate. And I think there are really kind of three parts to how I might answer that. And depending on which context we're talking about, one of, one of these might be in the foreground as opposed to another. But taken together, we're really thinking not only about technology, in other words, what are the tools and systems we use, but what are the processes that we use and follow to work together and make decisions, as I mentioned before, who the people are, and it's not just IT people, but it's our colleagues and our users and our partners across the college. And then more generally, what is the culture or the cultures more accurately that we live in, in our work at the college? How do those come into play in how we get work done? And then how do we think about being good stewards of that culture and how we want to do our work and what we want our work environment to feel like? So that's a very systemic and holistic perspective, but those are the things that we are actively talking about and figuring out what we want to change and how we manage those. And then alongside that, I would say that we have two additional concepts that we use to think about collaboration. We think of things not only in their narrow context, but how they connect into other parts of what we do. And so the, the word ecosystem is something that we are using all the time now in our work. How does something play out within an ecosystem? So taking the example of Duo that I gave a few minutes ago, not only how does that tool work specifically, but how does that affect the user experience with all of the different tools that we have and what does that support model look like? And how do we understand what a simple and effective user experience is for anybody on campus as they get access to our tools? And then the final concept that I would mention as being key to collaboration is the notion of a life cycle. Thinking about both the life cycle of systems, so we get interested in things, we explore them, we might pilot them, then we adopt them, and then we implement them. And at some point in the future, hopefully we're being very purposeful and proactive about this, we may consider whether they are still needed. And if they are, how do we continue to support them effectively? And if they're not, how do we think about downsizing their footprint and potentially even sunsetting them? So that's one application of the life cycle, life cycle concept. The other way we use the concept of life cycle is to think about the people who are on campus and part of our institutional community and what their journey looks like over time. So a classic one to talk about here is the student life cycle. So you have students who are, are, are people out there in the world who don't know yet know about Smith, then they become prospects and then they're recruited. Hopefully they are they apply and they're admitted and then they matriculate and then they go through their journey as undergraduates at the college and then they graduate and they become alumni. Maybe they come back to graduate program here. So that notion of um, people progressing through something in time is really, really important for how we collaborate because if you think of that journey and specifically you think of the student journey that student is going to touch different parts of the college at different times. And the way we support her and the way we think about the um, different ways that she's going to interact 
with the community and with the tools and services we provide, that's going to look different depending on where she is in that journey. And so we really want to make sure in our collaborations that we're taking into account both the ecosystem notion and the life cycle notion. You've mentioned the importance of people a few times. And I'm curious, as you shift to these big cloud technologies like Workday and Duo, how are you handling ownership? It's such an important question. And often when there are challenges with projects or with tools or services, um, it can often be the case that those challenges may come from questions or difficulties or gaps in understanding around ownership. And so as part of this overall multi-year IT transformation, we're investing a lot of time and energy in thinking about ownership. And in most cases, it's really shared ownership for things like Workday, for projects like Workday that are really very broad and institution-wide and will have some impact at some point on pretty much everyone who interacts with the college as a student, faculty, or staff member. We're really thinking about what the models are for shared ownership. And, and by that, I mean not the old school. IT is technical owner and there's a business owner. But what is the Smith team look like? Who are the people who need to be involved in the decisions? There are different models of thinking about this. But we think about who is responsible, who is accountable, who should be consulted, and who should be informed. And not seeing that as a binary, but seeing that as a team ownership and then articulating what kinds of decisions we might expect to make and how that plays out in that shared ownership model. So there's a lot of investment of time and good thinking in ownership models for things that are not cleanly, you know, only one group's responsibility, but are really more institutional. And I suspect as we, you know, as we at Smith and others in, in peer institutions think about this more. There are many places where we're going to be really growing and evolving this idea of shared ownership. And I'll give you another example that is somewhat more narrow than um, Workday. Our, our colleagues in the Office of Admission adopted Slate a couple of years ago. And it might you might think, well, that's an admission project. They own it. But really, it's shared ownership. They own the experience they want to provide to students they're recruiting, they own the data views and the reports that they use to make decisions and to develop programming, and we're partners with them in thinking about how we manage Slate and how we connect the data from Slate into other systems. Likewise, there are, there are other partners like our student financial services group that also depend on the data from Slate, and so together in this context, that's already three groups, IT, Office of Admission, and Student Financial Services, that are all partners in the good functioning of Slate and making sure we benefit from that tool. I could give any number of other examples, but that gives you a sense, I think, of how it isn't just an either or, or somebody's an owner or not an owner, that if we're wearing our institutional hats, we have shared ownership and we're all invested in making sure that we're doing this well. There are definitely a lot of moving pieces as you're discussing the people component. And I'm wondering what challenges arise 
as you look at collaboration across the institution? Sure. And there are a few, and I think we've worked very hard on them, and I, I know anyone who's listening to this, you know, all institutions are thinking about this and trying to um, create the conditions for really effective collaboration. So I was talking before about having a shared framework for decision-making and prioritization and resolving potential issues, and I think that's really important, especially the notion that there can be disagreement that is constructive that we're not necessarily always looking for yes or no, or we're looking for, you know, you stay in your box and you only talk about the things in your box. In that team environment I was talking about just a minute ago, really looking at what are the plans, what are the risks, what are we doing to manage those, and then leveraging the good thinking of the team on how that might go. And if there's a disagreement, that can actually be constructive. That can bring up different points of view. It can bring up perspectives that maybe we haven't been considering enough. So really having both a sort of set of shared practices and a comfort around offering different points of view and having the ability for those to come across as not being in agreement, but still have that help move you forward. And so I think that's one key element. And alongside that is this notion of institutional citizenship, which is something we talk about a lot here. You heard me say a minute ago, I'm wearing my institutional hat. So in addition to just getting buy-in for the general concept, you know, I'm not here because I cared solely or primarily about the goals of my department. I'm here because I care about the mission and the goals and the experience of the people at Smith. And so alongside that, to support that general concept, really having you know, principles, values, um, goals, and really shared practices around how we do our work. And I have to say, and I'm, I'm very fortunate in this regard, really have that modeled in how the work is done across the college. This is not the domain of IT. Institutional citizenship is something we all can um, embody and model. And so I'm very fortunate to have that modeled by our president and by my colleagues on the president's cabinet that we are all working together as institutional citizens and really working to do the right thing for the college. You brought up this institutional citizenship idea, and I'm wondering how you look at institutional management within that framework and decision making in the context of moving to the cloud. How is that changing? So it's interesting. For us, we don't have a cloud-first strategy. What we have is an, an institution-first strategy. And so you set that as your starting frame for discussion, and then you think about what makes the most sense for us in terms of our tools and systems and our support, and certainly cloud is a major element of that. And so depending on what we're talking about, in many cases, it does make sense for us to move major systems to the cloud, not only for hosting, but in the case of something like a workday where it's really managed software and you're buying into a shared, a shared tenant, a shared support structure, and where you're not making those decisions on your own, but you're there as part of a larger community. And so there are many cases where that makes good sense for us institutionally, but we are always going to think of that in the context of the institutional lens. 
there may be other cases where it still makes more sense for us at this particular time to stay with local hosting, um, not only because of the effort or the cost, but also because the choices we're making about what we're going to invest time in. So we're not really managing things here with a lens of get everything to the cloud as fast as possible. Instead, we're managing do the right thing for the college as fast as possible, you know, in stages, and the cloud may follow from many of those efforts and activities, but it is not the dominant factor in the decision. You mentioned some potential cost savings with shifting to cloud, and I'm wondering how your shift to cloud has impacted your annual budgeting process and expectations for collaborating on your budget. Right. So I mentioned before, we're at the front early stages, front end of a multi-year IT transformation arc. And we are just starting to really think about this fully. Um, I'm not sure yet for us that the cloud is really a cost savings. It may be at some point in the future. But we're, it's not yet an apples to apples comparison because at the same time that we're moving some things to the cloud, we're also changing roles, we're also changing our expectations about what doing a good job looks like, and we're also working with very high expectations across the college of what it means to do our work well. And so I think we're, it will be you know, some years before we arrive at that pivot point of having the different variables lined up in a way that we can do a true cost comparison. So in the meantime, really what we're thinking about is how can we be transparent about what those costs are and why we're making decisions to invest in them, and that's at the cabinet level. And then how do we think about changes in accounting? So you know, we're, many of us don't have the robust data centers that we used to have. Instead, we're, we may be moving things to the cloud, and that's a regular annual cost. And so how do we think about formerly very cut and dried descriptions of capital investments versus non-capital? And so some of that is just moving things around in where your funds are. But there's there's some conceptual changes that certainly are ahead of us at Smith. Many of our peer institutions are a little bit ahead of us on that. But those are the things that we're really starting to work through. And then we'll see you know, three to five years out, are we really actually having a net savings? Are we doing more with the same investment? Um, you know, or what that final balance looks like when you reconcile the investment and the savings. Earlier, you and I talked about some challenges with collaboration. And I'm wondering if you can speak to some of the biggest benefits you've seen with this new way of collaborating. Absolutely, and I'll, I'll start with this, uh, the simple one that I think has really um, broad payoffs, and that's just transparency. People knowing what you're working on, why you're working on it, how that connects to the overall goals of the institution. That's kind of a baseline in terms of how we all want to do our work, but this collaborative model really um, supports that and enhances it, I think. It also makes clear what you're not doing and why you're not doing it and the trade-offs that you might be making in taking, you know, what's the most important investment for the institution. And in some cases that might provide a little bit of friction or a little bit of challenge, but I think the, tra the transparency goal really is the one that should win out there. 
so that people know what you're doing, why you're doing it, what the thought process, or more importantly, the sort of institutional lens was, what was applied to really make those decisions. So that's certainly um, one practical benefit. Speaking more broadly, I think that this kind of collaboration, A, helps you have a clear understanding of what the true institutional goals are, and B, gives you a much clearer path to assessing your progress towards those institutional goals. And that's really what you need to do if you're gonna work with the institution's best interests in mind. We're almost at the end of our time together today. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Just a, a couple of notes, and it's it's been really fun and um, thought-provoking to have this conversation. You know, IT is complex. It's getting ever more complex in some ways. The consumer market constantly keeps us on our toes in terms of the user experience and what it should be like to use technology in any number of ways on college campuses. And I think for all those reasons and for all the the goals that we have at our individual institutions, it's just an incredibly exciting time to be in IT. The, so many of our models of how we do our work and how we partner with others and how we think about service delivery, um, those are all evolving and they're evolving very rapidly. And I think it needs the good thinking of all of us across our organizations to really figure out how to do this well. So I'm very grateful to be in this this role and in this field right now because I think now more than ever, IT is really the foundation for so much of what we do at our institution. So it's a great place to be and it's certainly a wonderful place given how many colleagues we have who are there for us um, as advisors and to think with us as partners. Thank you so much, Samantha. This was a great talk today, and I've learned a lot from you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. That concludes our podcast with Samantha Earp, the 2019 Tamblini CIO Award winner. Don't forget to check back next month for a new Tamblini Top of Mind podcast.